Good morning, church. It's, it's great to be back with you this morning after a couple of weeks away. Um, now, kids, if you are here, can you come up the front? We're going to have a few um, things we're going to look at. Come on down. Come on, there's more of you out there. Yes. So what does it mean when we think about God's love being unfailing? Well, we've got some things here that I want us to have a look at. Who's, who's strong enough to hold this? Me. Oh, yep, over here. You were loud and clear. <laughs> well, it's pretty heavy, is it? Not that, not that heavy, okay. Is, is, is wood something that can be broken very easily? No. Yeah. Mm, sort of. Some say yes, yeah, some say no. Sort of. How can we break wood? With an axe. With an axe, yep. Smash it with my shoe. Oh, with your shoe. Wow, you must have a strong no. shoe, Asha. Yep. Smash it with an axe. Smash it with an axe, yep. So we can break wood, yeah, and we can throw it in the fire and it burns up. And chainsaws, yep, so they can cut. We can break wood. It looks pretty solid, but it can be broken. All right, what have we got over here? Oh, look at this big steel bit of metal. Who wants to have a go at holding this? I wonder if anyone can bend it. Go, Jonas, you can have a turn. Can you bend that or break that? Stand up, watch out. (laughs) Mm, It's pretty solid, isn't it? Could you bend that? No. Can someone else have a go? Me. Hang on, you've had that one. We'll have another turn with someone else. It's pretty so- Don't hurt yourself. No, <laughs> it's pretty solid. Well, watch out. <laughs> yeah, would you like to have a turn? Hang on. I wonder... Oh, yeah, that's a good, good strategy, but it's pretty solid, isn't it? I wonder if there's someone out here, one of the adults who might be strong enough to try to have a bend of this. Come on, hands up, volunteer. Who's a strong, strong woman, strong man? Anyone? <laughs> Me, coffee, go. Can you stand up for us and just see if you can, you know? No, it's pretty solid. <laughs> no, it's, can't do it. It's pretty strong, right? Can't be broken very easily. Now, there's one more thing. Asha, can you grab that other one for me? There's a rock up here. It's only from our garden. It's pretty small, but we can think of rocks that are bigger than that. It's pretty solid, isn't it? We can't break rocks very easily. Asha, can you hold it up so people can see? Does anyone else want to have a hold? <laughs> just quickly. Let's just a quick pass around. Why don't, you guys, why don't you guys sit down and you can just maybe pass it around each other to have a little hold for a minute. But don't drop it and don't drop it on your head. Thanks, Holly. So these are some pretty strong things, aren't they? Especially the rock and the metal, we can't break them very easily. What about God's love? Guys, do you think God's love breaks very easily? No. No. So when we talk about God's love being unfailing, We can think about these strong things and we can think, oh, maybe God's love is stronger than that. Guys, what happens when someone fails you? What do they do if they fail you? Does anyone have any ideas? Um, I have an idea. Yeah? 
can lock you in, they, they trap you. They could trap you, yeah, so they could hurt you if they fail you. That's a really good idea. Yeah, they um, fail you. They could be rude. They could be rude to you. Yeah, if someone fails you, they might disappoint you. They might let you down. Yeah. Well, they might push you down. They could push you I, down. Yeah. yeah they might not forgive you if they fail you. Ah, oh, forgive you. So when God's love is unfailing, it's the opposite of that, isn't it? God's love won't disappoint you. God's love won't um, hurt you. And God's love won't ever fail you. And even if you're going through some hard things in life, God's love won't let you down. God will always be faithful and loyal to you. And it's something that is stronger than all of these things that I've shown you. It's stronger than the rock even. God's love will never uh, let you down. You can always depend on it. So today, we've had a reading from the Book of Lamentations and that was written in the context of war, suffering and exile. Now, exile for these people was an experience of being forced to leave their home and living with uncertainty in another country. Lots of people experience exile in our world today. So, young people and older people, I want to share with you a story about a boy called Hamza. And he fled his home of Mosul in Iraq three years ago. Now, these are some pictures. You can have a look. These are actually some pictures of what happened to his town of Mosul. Look at that. There's buildings that are broken and shattered. There's rubble everywhere. This city got bombed um, to try to end ISIS. Your parents can maybe explain that to you later. ISIS had a stronghold in Mosul, Iraq, and this is what's left of this city. And even a couple of years after that happened, nothing much has changed. There's still rubble everywhere. The city is still left destroyed. So we can see that that place wasn't safe. There was destruction everywhere. Yes, Asha? Um, um, was there stuff that, uh, um, that people bury underground and if you step on it, it, um, it explodes? So Asha's asked if there were bombs that were buried in there and if you step on it, it explodes. I actually think there are because I've seen that there are signs around this city saying be careful because there might still be bombs. So we're going to listen to Hamza share... A mine, yeah. <laughs> we're going to listen to Hamza share his story. So kids... Watch this and have a look. This is Hamza, and he's going to tell us something. My name is Hamza. Hamza. Mosul, Iraq. This is my story.
helps us to get a sense of what it might have been like for the people of Israel after the Babylonian army destroyed their city and took over their country. Kids, can you remember some of the things that Hamza was feeling? Yep. Sad. And lonely. Yep. Yep. Upset. Yep. Does anyone else want to say what Hamza might have been feeling? Sad, yes. Yeah, just shout it out. He was missing his mum. Missing his mum. And his friends. He was feeling disappointed. Yeah. I'm sure he saw things that a child should never see. That's right. Yep. Sorry, I'll just repeat that for the mic. I'm sure that um, he saw things that a child shouldn't see. Yeah. But he still had hope. That's right. He prayed every night. Isn't that wonderful? And maybe you can think of a time when you might have felt like that, um, like Hamza, when you've really struggled or had something sad happen to you. And maybe your situation might not be as desperate or as bad as Hamza's, but all of us at times, to different degrees, feel like Hamza. We may not feel like a literal refugee having to flee our country, but all of us know the feeling of feeling out of place, of, of feeling lost or alone, of feeling worried or scared about our future, of feeling trapped in our circumstances and even trapped in our pain, and of longing for comfort and joy in our lives. Some of us may push those feelings down and never let them come out, and some of us may never stop um, to sit with those feelings long enough, but those feelings are real for us at different times. Now, kids, if you want, you can go and sit back with your big person and do some drawing and colouring. But I encourage the little ones and the young people as well to keep listening. And 
Now, we all, have, uh, us adults, have been talking a lot about suffering this year, haven't we? And there are many reasons for suffering. One of them is sin. Now, Lamentations was a book written not just as a lament over suffering, as an expression of their experience of suffering, but as a lament over their sin, their grief and their heartache over the realisation that they themselves were the cause of their suffering. Through their experience of God's judgement, the people realised the reality of their sin and its extent and severity. And they came to understand that their suffering was due to the fact that they had ignored God and had turned their backs to him. As Norell explained last week, while God had kept his side of the covenant, his people hadn't. God had remained faithful and his love had remained constant, but their love for God had failed. Scott Harrower, he's one of my favourite lecturers at Ridley, he talks about us not only being victims of horrors, but also being horror makers. It's pretty confronting to think about ourselves in that way, isn't it? Well, we all know it's been school holidays, and though there are lots of things that are fun about school holidays, there's also lots about school holidays that um, put the pressure on families, isn't it? We can get impatient with each other. We can lose our temper with each other and get angry. We can lose control of ourselves and our words and say things or even do things that are hurtful. Maybe you can think of a time when you've hurt someone this week, like your brother or your sister. Maybe you've hurt someone physically by pushing or shoving or kicking them. Or maybe you've hurt someone with your words and your attitude. And it's, it's not a nice feeling, is it, when we realise that we've hurt someone else, that we've caused hurt, especially to someone that we love. And so all of us have done things that are unkind and mean. And you don't have to tell me right now, but this is a question for you. Have you ever felt bad about it? Have you, has it ever made you hurt inside that you've hurt someone else? And do you ever, have you ever really felt sorry for it? How do we work through that? Where's the hope for people, people like you and me, who cause suffering? Is God's love strong enough even for that? Well, listen to what our passage says, and I'm going to read from the message. God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope, quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when you're young to stick it out through the hard times. When life is heavy and hard to take, Go off by yourself, enter the silence, bow in prayer, wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble, take it full face. These verses tell us that God's love is strong enough to handle our struggles. When we're questioning the goodness of life, the goodness of others, and even the goodness of ourselves, 
it is right and good to engage in our experience of suffering with the rawness of our emotion and to enter the silence and the suffering with God. To take our suffering to God in prayer and to wait for his hope and love. And when we seek him through our suffering, we are told and assured that God will prove himself to be good. Isn't that interesting? That God will prove his goodness through our suffering when we enter it with him. Now, um, recently our family did a road trip up to Marupna near Shepparton. And as we were driving, we were under a massive grey cloud, probably that stretched all the way down to the bottom of Victoria, but it was just massive across the whole sky. But we soon started to see this glowing golden edge to the cloud, which also stretched all the way from west, west to east, as far as we could see across the horizon. And there's a saying which says, every cloud has a silver lining. This means that every cloud that we experience in life, every struggle, every hurt, every experience of grief, which is incredibly difficult at the time, it means that there's always hope, there's always a glowing edge to that experience. And this saying basically encourages us to never stop hoping for things to change. Now, if you're more of a words person rather than a visual person, like me, if you haven't already guessed, Emil Brunner, a Swiss theologian of the early 20th century said this, what oxygen is to the lungs, such is hope to the meaning of life. So where's the hope for the Israelites in exile? Where's the hope in this book of Lamentations? Well, all throughout the book of Lamentations, God is described as the one who is the sovereign orchestrator, the one who is in control of what happened to the Israelites. And rather than this being a reason for the people to turn away from God and to stop believing in him, it was actually the reason to turn back to him. Because with this understanding also came their hope. You see, if God was ultimately sovereign, if he was the ultimate judge, then he was the only one who could actually save. The only one who could deliver them and help them at the very deepest level of their suffering, the problem of their hearts. He was the only one who could transform their hearts, transform them from being horror makers to righteous lovers, from people who do bad things to others, to people who love rightly. This passage in Lamentations tells us in verse 31, no one, no one is cast off from the Lord forever. God never forgets you. God never leaves you behind. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. Though God's people had to work through their sin and the consequences for their sin, as we still do today, God 
will show his compassion. God's unfailing love for his people meant that God's purposes for his people were not destroyed. God hadn't given up on them. God hadn't abandoned them. And he wasn't going to fail them or disappoint them. So they waited in hope. They entered the suffering. As we see in Lamentations, they grieved over their sin. And they grieved over their situation. They repented. They prayed. And hundreds of years later, that's a long time to wait, isn't it? Generation after generation after generation. God finally revealed the glowing edge to this dark cloud of sin in the person of Jesus Christ. But Jesus wasn't a superman saviour who came to whisk his people out of suffering and take us to heaven straight away. Jesus actually came to suffer with us. His rescue of us was through entering our suffering. This Jesus, who became a refugee like Hamza, who became a prisoner. Now, I don't know what your circumstances are that make you feel trapped or worried or sad. I don't know what you're struggling with. But I know that Jesus entered into that. This Jesus who was treated like a criminal and mocked on a cross between two thieves, right there in the place of the guilty, right there in the place of the ones who cause suffering to others. This Jesus whose unfailing love for his world led him to choose to become like the least of us, suffering and dying on a cross to deal with the dark cloud of sin in our hearts. You see, God hasn't left us in an impossible cycle of suffering. God hasn't abandoned us to the fate of being hurt and of hurting others. God hasn't abandoned us or the world to its condition of sin and suffering. And because Jesus died and rose from death to life, we know that his love was even stronger than death. His love was stronger than the greatest onslaught of suffering that our world could throw at him and stronger than the full fury of hell. His love for us cannot be broken, not even by the worst pain that we ourselves can cause to others. His love will not fail us or leave us in despair at our broken state. His love hasn't given up on horror makers. If it has, there's no hope for people like Hamza or people like you and me. But we know that God's love endures forever. There is hope. Romans 5 verse 5 says hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Here's the hope for us. 
whether we feel more like a victim, like Hamza, or feel more like one who causes hurt to others. We are, in fact, both of these at different times. Our suffering encompasses both. But we have the Holy Spirit who reassures us not only that Jesus Christ is with us in our suffering, but that God's love for us will never abandon us to our suffering. His unfailing love will will remain steadfast and strong as we walk this hard road towards wholeness and towards our eternal home. What immense and incredible comfort this is for us in our brokenness and our hurt, that he would live in me, that he would live in you, the least of these. To finish, I'm actually going to sing a song that talks about Jesus entering into our suffering, like that of the exiles, and proving his love by becoming the least of these. So as I sing it, um, just encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to continue to minister to you and to speak to you and touch you.
cry.